You're listening to the Sports Brothers Podcast by Sam and Brian Dostal. Everything sports, all the time. going everybody thanks for listening thanks for being here it's yet another edition of the sports brothers podcast sam once again is actually not here i myself brian dostler do not have any guests for this show nick ekonfora great having him on uh earlier this week we were talking lb trade online stuff so it's just me by myself for this one but don't worry folks because this coming sunday Today is Thursday, August 6th, and it is 4.20 p.m. But this coming Sunday, Sam will be back, better than ever, and it will be a true Sports Brothers podcast. It's been a while, but it can be a little tough at times to do a podcast when one person is in Aberdeen, Maryland, and the other is in Plainville, Connecticut. I've been at work this week. I just got back from the Rockcats, where they fell 5 nothing to the Altoona Curve. They did take two out of three from that series, and actually, folks, uh, p- potentially now this is only this is potential. We don't know if this is going to happen for sure, but next weekend, so that's going to be Friday, August fourteenth through Sunday, uh, August seventeenth. There's a possibility. Nothing's going to happen, but a possibility that David Wright could be in New Britain. The Rockcats are playing the Binghamton Mets, the AA affiliate of the New York Mets. And there's a chance that David Wright could be on rehab at that point. Right now, he di- he just got sent down to Single A, uh, Port Saint Port Saint Louisy. Uh, so there there's a chance, and that would be great if if he could be there. Uh, that'd be something special to watch. So hey, come down to the ballpark for that one, especially to see David David Wright play at a, at a very low cost. Uh, of course, he's trying to get back and help his uh, Major League Ball Club, the New York Mets, as soon as possible. We'll talk about the Mets later on the show. Just want to get some stuff out of the way. For the Nico Empire, make sure, folks, that if you are buying something on Amazon.com, if you just so happen to be buying something, go on the Nico Empire, go to the home, the main page, and you click on the Amazon banner right there. And that's all you have to do. It's one extra step. Now, we're not, Nico and I are not saying, and Sam, we're not saying to buy something because of Nico Empire. We're saying if you so happen to find something on Amazon.com, go through the Nico Empire, and we get a, and the and Nico Empire gets a small percentage of that. Uh, I know Nico's in his last podcast. He's saying that he wants to really build a studio in in his room where he records his podcasts. Uh, and and because of you folks or some of you that. I guess you could say donated to his cause. He was able to get a nice a microphone, a, a nice little microphone, uh, hot, a better quality, I should say, and uh, it's it's actually pretty cool. It, it's pretty good. So click on that banner if you're going to Amazon.com. Nico already talked about on, the, on his last podcast about his fantasy land of fantasy football. I'm not go- don't worry. I am not going to go into that much detail about it, but I will say that I'm very very excited for this upcoming season. I had a devastating loss to Richard in the semifinals last year. 
Cam Newton, 37 points, his best game of the year, and I think I had a total of like 40 points that week anyways. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that one. Our league name, <laughs> I think it's pretty good. Mike Cosentini, when we hung out last week or, or earlier this week, he was on the ball with team names and league names for fantasy football. He came up with our league name and his own team name all in one night. So he has no stress, no worries about what his team name is going to be. His team, the league name that we decided after Mike said it, no Romos allowed. I love it. We all loved it. We all got up and like, yeah, yeah, that's great, that's great. No Romos allowed, of course, alluding to Tony Robo, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. You either love the Cowboys or you hate the Cowboys, and we all hate the Cowboys, so we all hate Tony Romo. That was pretty good. His team name is even better, in my opinion. Giselle's Disappointments. Of course, Tom Brady, his wife Giselle, disappointing, deflating footballs, all that. I think it's pretty good. So Mike, he didn't win cards that night, but he had a pretty successful night in the fact that he was able to come up with our Fantasy Football League name for 2015 and his uh, own team name itself. All right, well, uh, again, the next podcast is going to be Sunday, August 9th. Sam will be here. It won't be posted until Monday morning or Monday afternoon because we'll be recording it about 9.30 at night. But for that podcast, it's going to be our seventh stop for the City Bus Tour. To f- and we're going to go to New York and find the best athlete of all time in New York. And, yes, this includes New Jersey. Technically, we're going to throw in, uh, of course, the Yankees and the Mets, but uh, the the New Jersey Devils, the New Jersey Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, and then the Giants and the Jets, and the Buffalo Bills. So all those teams or all those players will be thrown in the mix for that one. So uh, looking forward to that one. So this past, or what was it, today's Thursday, Tuesday, so just two days ago, uh, I went to Newport, Rhode Island, and went to AAC Football Media Day. Uh, thanks to Nick Akinfora, who works for the AAC uh, and actually just accepted a job at ESPN starting there on Monday. But at the time, he was still working with the AAC. And this was about, say, a month ago, a month and a half ago. He said, hey, do you want to come help out for Football Media Day? I was like, sure. So me, uh, Spencer John, and Matt Melillo, uh, all all Eastern people, we went and helped out Nick at at uh, in Newport, it was really a great time. I mean, unfortunately for the AAC, the American Athletic Conference, their TriCaster broke down. Yeah, it it, it wasn't getting connection, uh, so they actually it was it was really just a simple camera where they just videotaped it, and then I'm sure they do a lot of post editing there. But yeah, their TriCaster just wouldn't connect with with the internet. They tried this and that and that and everything, but it wasn't working. So, that's too bad for them. I was pleased, though, just looking at it and just observing. That's the biggest thing with, with you know people my age or interested in this field is it's just great just to watch and observe. The TriCast was the same exact one that we have at school at Easter. And I was just like, that's great. I mean, we're, we're using the same kind of technology, same type of equipment at Eastern as they are in the real world. Just cool to see. But, but my uh, job was to do... Uh, v- very simple, but um, in another room, myself and Spencer John and uh, a girl from the American Athletic Conference, we were with 
the players for the social media table. So basically they're players from each of the schools, and each school had anywhere from two to five or six players, <laughs> and they would come over and they would answer uh, questions, like Facebook questions, something like uh, chocolate ice cream, vanilla ice cream. You know, they answer it, cat or dog. And uh, they had essentially a race to answer those 20 questions. It was those type of questions. And it was it was pretty cool because, you know, the, the teammates of each team, they're competing with themselves. You know, there's trash talking, blah, 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 you know. And, and, then, uh, and then they're going to trash talk to the other team. So, you know, if an SMU player gets this, uh, they'll try to compare their score against a Cincinnati player. It was cool. I mean, it, it, you get to see the lighter side. They're also taking pictures uh, with the Instagram frame, you know, where you put your head through it. Uh, they, the, the players interviewed themselves, like each other, their teammates. Uh, they did some impersonations of their coaches. Some of them were a little shy with it though, because they said, Hey, I got camp next week. I don't want, I, I don't want to have coach hear me and have me uh, run, run extra, which makes sense. Um, but really it was just a, a fun experience representing UConn, of course, Bob Diaco, and then, uh, two seniors, Andrew Adams, defensive back, and then Andreas Snap offensive tackle, uh, you know, just it was a wonderful experience. I thank Nick a million times. Uh, it, it was a great time. My my favorite guy though, two two stories that were pretty cool f- from there was my favorite guy was Matt Davis from uh, SMU, the, the quarterback, because he was talking trash, and I mean talking some serious trash during that Facebook trivia game. Uh, not not trivia game, but the the personal game, whatever you want to call it, and. Uh, Spence and I, our job was to film it with an iPhone or time it on one of our phones. That's what our that's that's what we did. You know that I mean that's how simple it was. But uh, <laughs> which if you were the person that was actually doing the time, you had some pressure on you because that's where people you know they're they're looking over your shoulder making sure that you're not cheating cuz you know of course every time that a player loses it's it's a timer's fault <laughs> for for uh for not ha- for not having the right time you know it's o- it's always our fault right it has to be so mad dave i mean he was just talking all 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 this all this crap talk and he's having fun with his teammate Zach Wood uh i i think he beat i i forget who who won but you know, he's no, he lost. That's what it was. He he did lose. He had thirty five seconds. His teammate had like thirty one seconds or like that, something like that. And you know, he's all disappointed. He's like yelling at me. He's like, "Oh, you suck! Like you, you don't know how to time." Blah blah blah. So then Tulane comes over and they start doing the questions. And, and I hear Matt Davis. He goes, "Hey, you know, uh, the record's thirty one seconds." And I go over. I'm like, dude. You were it's it's amazing how you can just all of a sudden be on on your guys team to trash talk against some other guys cuz they're just from Tulane. It it was a good experience. Uh and then lastly Bernard Sara, a defensive lineman from Navy. Navy by the way, this is the first time ever they've been in a conference for football and it's been 128 years that they've been independent. I mean that's a really really long time and for them to come to the American Athletic Conference it really truly is an honor. Don't worry, folks. They will be having uh, the Army-Navy game, rivalry game, still intact. If they didn't, then something would be wrong. But speaking of the Army-Navy game, I asked Bernard, what's it like to play in that game? 
and, and he just said, you know, man, it, it's you really can't explain it in words. It, it's he said both teams are so familiar with each other. He said it's a dog fight. It doesn't matter what the records are. Uh, it's it's a good one. Um, if I have more time, I have some more questions because I because I know Navy has won like the last what seven, eight, nine games. I mean, they've really handled the Army well. Um, you know, but but he said the main the, the greatest thing about it though is the fans there. They might be rooting for Navy. If you're from the Navy, you might be rooting for Army. If you're from Army, but as a whole, they're all rooting for each other to do well because they have one goal in mind at the end of the day, is that and that is to protect the United States of America. So the way he said it, it, it was it was powerful. It, it was pretty cool. Um, so that was that was cool to to share that story. So that was my day at AAC Media Day. Again, it was a good time. Um, nice on the water. And uh, if I, w- I would go back. I, w- I would do it again. Who knows? Uh, maybe I'll be back there for Mohegan Sun at the women's basketball tournament uh, like last March. All right, so moving on to oh, – no, let's say with college football because college football is – it's almost here. Football season is almost here. And uh, this is usually the time where I always get excited for college football. Usually when August hits – I'm more of a college football fan than an NFL fan. Don't worry, I still watch football from 1 to 12 on Sunday, but I'll watch college football really religiously uh, all day. I'll watch college game day. I mean, the whole the whole nine yards, it's it's great. Um, but usually I'll start playing college football, NCAA college football 12. I've been starting doing that the last week or so. Um, and then coming to AAC Media Day just got me more excited. And then today... I get home from the Rockcats, and Sports Illustrated came today. Of course, it's Thursday, so that's the big day for Sports Illustrated. And it's the college football preview. And on the regional coverage for the East here in Connecticut, we have Ohio State, of course, the defending national champions. Uh, and they got Joshua Perry and Joey Bosa and Brutus with the championship trophy on the cover. And uh, Bosa, who is going to be a, a top top draft pick next year is suspended for the first game uh, against, what was it, Breen? it's not BYU, I'm not sure who it is, but for violating team rules. You know, Urban Meyer just said he made a college mistake, so uh, fill in the blanks there what one or one of two things that he could have done uh, to get that suspension. So that's a big loss for Ohio State, but I think they'll be fine uh, to get by in that opening in, in week one. So Again, college football, just right around the corner. NFL as well. I'm not going to dive into the flake or anything. I mean, you've heard it enough. I don't really want to talk about it. I'm I'm personally sick of it. Um, but it is a big deal that Tom Brady the other day uh, went went to court and said, I didn't uh, deflate the footballs on purpose, You know, I, and I didn't have anyone do it. That's a big deal because if he does get uh, – if he is found guilty again by the court, then – you know, that could be jail time for lying in front of the court of law. Um, so that wouldn't be a good s- scenario for them. And week one, there's some good games going on. The best one, uh, uh, I think, is Wisconsin-Alabama. We played a neutral site in Dallas. But can you just imagine, this is an opportunity once again for the Big Ten to pick up where they left off. And I mean literally where they left off. At the end of last year, we were talking about that it, it's all about the Big Ten now. The SEC is in the past in terms of the, the best conference in college football. Well, with Wisconsin playing Alabama at a neutral site, if they can get a victory 
in week one. That is all going to go and, and float around on, on talk shows. That's going to go everywhere. It's going to be the Big Ten. The Big Ten is, is, the, is the premier conference of college football. And what, and what better way to do it than beating Alabama? I mean, that means they would have dropped two straight to two consecutive Big Ten schools, losing to Ohio State in the semifinal game, and then Wisconsin in week one. I mean, it'll just start all, start all over again. So remember, folks, at the, at, when Ohio State won, it seemed like it was a, a changing the guard of the best conference in college football. And boy, oh boy, that would really, really stir the pot. Let's head to baseball. Again, this is the Sports Brothers Podcast with Brian Dossler. Sam is not here today. Uh, he is in Aberdeen, Maryland. We were not able to do a Skype uh, show today because I was at the Rockcats earlier. He has a game later tonight, so it just didn't work uh, Work out. By the, Sam called a 15-inning game the other day in Aberdeen. Uh, it was a 6-5 win for Aberdeen. and uh, The game ended on a hits batsman with the bases loaded and two outs. Can you imagine losing like that? I mean, especially the pitcher, you have to feel so, I mean, you put all that, like talking about melodramatic to of, of ending a game like that. You hit a batter, really? You, they couldn't even swing to get, to get the run. That's how that game ended. I'm sure he was happy just for it to be over. I mean, <laughs> because uh, I got, actually it was the same night where, where we all hung out, all, all of our friends with Mike and, and Joey Gansrow and over. We were at Joey's house, and, and I get home from, from his house at a little after midnight, and my mom goes, yeah, on on the news, we just saw that the CT Tigers game was in the 13th inning. So it was, and I caught the post-game show at 1230. <laughs> um, so long night for the CT Tigers and, and a tough, tough loss down there in uh, Maryland. I wonder if there's anything around Maryland uh, the, or in Maryland that Sam's checked out. Uh, I'm sure he'll have some stories when he comes back on the pack, podcast on Sunday. To the diamond, David Price had one of the had a fantastic debut for the Toronto Blue Jays last week uh, against the Minnesota Twins. Eight innings, eleven strikeouts, and it was really I don't want to say the price, the David Price of old, but it was just it's what you expect, honestly. And uh, you're talking about the Toronto Blue Jays team, folks, and they're seven and zero with since trading for Tulo, Troy Tulowitzki, and they're hitting home runs. That that's really what it is. That's how they score their runs. I mean, when you when you're gonna hear it again and again, but when you have Troy Tulowitzki, Josh Donaldson, Jose Batista, and Edwin Encarnacion as your as your top guys in your lineup. You're going to hit some dingers, and that's what they're doing. Yesterday in their win against the Minnesota Twins when they won 9-7, you had Donaldson hit a two-run homer, you had Batista hit a grand slam, and then you hit uh, have Edwin Encarnacion hit another home run. That's how they score their nine runs. I mean, I mean that, that's, that's how they do it. You're talking about power? I mean, my God. This is a legitimate team coming, come postseason time. And it almost feels like that the Yankees are chasing the Blue Jays, even though the Yankees are ahead in the standings by four and a half games. But it just seems like that it's the Blue Jays that are ahead of the. I mean, that's the, how the feel is. I mean, that's how well they are playing. And with these trade, 
<laughs> new guys. They they they've been flourishing. I mean, they've been off the walls. Toronto has, doesn't even Toronto hasn't partied like this since the '90s when they when Joe Carter. It's been that long. Following the game, David Price had some comments about the crowds, and he said that Toronto was the best he's ever pitched in. Take a listen. That was that was the best atmosphere I've ever been in. I mean, I've pitched in in really big games. You know, game 163 in Texas. You know, to go to the playoffs. You know, in Fenway, it's it's an amazing atmosphere always. You know, at the Trop, you know, in 2008, whenever we were in the playoffs with the cowbells and and the dome, that was that was really loud. Baltimore, you know, last year with with Detroit, that was that was insane. And then Comerica as well. So I mean, I've I've pitched on um, in in quite a few, you know, big um, I guess big games. But that atmosphere today, you know, that, that takes the cake. That was I've never experienced anything like that. That was cool. When you first hear that, you sound surprised that Toronto, of all teams, a, a, a team from Canada up north, a country that's known for its hockey, is the best atmosphere that David Price has pitched in. And then, I mean, you hear his reasoning. <laughs> I mean, he did pitch in Tampa for seven years. Yeah, that, that's what they're hearing. It's pretty much crickets. It's like 5,000 people that go to those games. I mean, <laughs> so... It, he said that was the best. I mean, and if if you heard, uh, if you watched that game, heard those highlights of of the crowd be behind them, I mean, it was electric. But again, can you this Toronto fan base finally has something to cheer for? And it seems like you know the last couple of years after they acquired Jose Reyes, Mark Burley, R. A. Dickey, they got those guys. Uh, it seems like yeah, this is the year. Well, now they got an even two bigger moves. Uh, of course, Ben Revere, Latroy Hawkins, he just got uh, his third save of the season last night, and he now has a save against every single Major League Baseball franchise. It's incredible. The guy, as Josh Nelson said, he's 45 going on 25 the way he's pitching right now. now. To get a save against every Major League Baseball team, that's quite an accomplishment. Anyways, but this fan base is just excited. I mean, when, when you got guys that can just hit 500-foot home runs, what's not to be excited? Pitching, however, is still an issue. Let's not, just because of David Price, he can't throw every game. He cannot throw every game. And nights like last night where it was 3 nothing after the top of the first inning and the Blue Jays were down. I mean, a home run later, and it was 3-2 after Townsend. But the Twins almost came back. The Twins almost came back in that game, and it was—it's it, the pitching. It's still let's let's not re, let's not forget, folks, that it's still an issue pitching that is for this Toronto team. Do I think they're a serious contender for the playoffs? Absolutely. When when you have bats like that, but at the same time, if you can minimize the damage there against those hitters, if you can slow them down, that really really makes them vulnerable because. After Price, no one can shut anyone down. You can't just say, oh, yep, we, you know, Estrada's on the mound. Marco Estrada, you know, you don't get that same feeling. You just don't. The last two nights in the Red Sox-Yankees series, it's been all about Major League debuts. Henry Owens, Luis Severino, they both made their debuts uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, respectively. 
Both players got a loss, actually, in their debut. Um, Severino last night, five innings, seven strikeouts, one earned run, two, two runs overall. And, boy, that was a mistake. He a 2-0 fastball right on the inner half down the middle against David Ortiz. Yeah, I think uh, Joe Girardi would say, hey, you can't do that against David Ortiz. You might be able to do that in the minors, but you can't do that against guys like David Ortiz. Um, he looked really good. You know, I, I couldn't really watch either, either of these two games because I was at the Rockets, but he looked really, really good. Uh, he had a, a sick slider that got Bogarts. I thought it might have been a little outside, but it was a slider that caught the outside part of the plate. I mean, folks, this is a, a pitcher that was 7-0 with an under-2 ERA this year in AAA. I mean, this guy has really, really good stuff. And at this point, if I'm a Yankee fan, I don't want – CC Sabathia's pitching tonight against the Red Sox. I would much rather see Severino pitching in a playoff game than CC Sabathia. Sabathia should not even come close to a starting mount. He can't, you can't go out there and and expect him to throw seven of seven innings of one run ball, two run ball. There's no way. He, you can't rely on that. He's way too inconsistent. If anything, he's consistently bad this season. Not throwing the ball well. And, and let's face it, the only reason why that they have him on this team is because of his contracts. When you have, uh, when you have over, over $20 million over the next couple of years, you know, you're going to stay, stay on that team because, what, are you going to put him in the minors? I mean, well, the Red Sox had no problem doing that with Rusny Castillo. But, it, you know, if I'm CC Sabathia, and, and Nick Akinfor and I talked about this last podcast a little bit, perfect example, Tim Hudson. This year, he is struggling. He is not throwing well. He's getting older, and he's saying, and he told Bruce Bochy and management of the Giants, he said, guys, go out and get another starter. I'll go to the bullpen. I don't have it this year. I, you can't rely on me for going seven innings of run, one run ball. You know, the way I've been pitching this year, I just can't do it. So go out and get a guy. Giants got Mike Leak. That's a team player. CC Sabathia has a 5.54 ERA this year. You know, and and let's take a look and see how many starts that he actually went past six innings. He's got five starts that are past six innings. He went eight innings once, and that was back in April. He had back-to-back starts in May where he went seven innings. But, you know, on June 29th, seven and a third innings, but was give up, give, gave up four runs. I mean... You, you just can't rely on this guy anymore to go. He could come in and get you an out. He could come pitch one or two innings. You know, you, you can rely on with that kind of stuff, but you can't say, oh, game three, you know, it's 1-1 one, one in the series. CC Sabathia is our guy. You can't do it. Severino, again, obviously a rookie. Players have not seen him, not nearly as much as Sabathia. Sabathia in his 14th year, Severino rookie, so maybe a slight edge to – to Severino there, if I'm a Yankee fan, I'm pushing for Severino to stay in that rotation, get CC Sabathia out of there, uh, because I, I think that will help him much, much better long term. New York Mets, my God. They're on a six-game winning streak, and they can hit the ball all of a sudden. <laughs> I mean, but when you acquire Jonas Cespedes and Lucas Duda, who's hitting about um, – who's hitting – it was like 25 homers the last two days. No, I'll check the stat. Um, but he's just on absolutely on fire. 
Uh, and it's just, it's almost like it's a new, new energy in this Mets team. And I'll say it again, and I'll say it all for the rest of the year. When you have starting pitching like Matt Harvey, Jacob DeGrom, Noah Syndergaard, and then you throw in Jonathan Neeson, Bartolo Colon, that is affordable five, five-man pitching staff. It absolutely is. I mean, right, De, Harvey, when he throws, win. DeGrom at this point, yep, it's a win. Syndergaard, yep, we're feeling confident. Nice, he's not terrible, folks. I mean, he's got another four ERA. Uh, and Cologne, who's who I think is is inconsistent. Uh, you know, the other night he threw very well against Miami Marlins. But when you can just those young guys, oh my God, it's it's a scary lineup. Uh, back to Lucas, dude. In the month of August, he's eight of sixteen, hitting four forty four. Uh, his last seven games, hitting three forty eight, eight for twenty three. Uh, his his average is up to two forty nine. I mean, l- let's look to see where it was. Earlier this year, uh, yeah, and it was a, a struggling month of June for him. He only hit 187 and was only at one, only hit 178 uh, in in July. So, talking about resurging Lucas Duda, I mean, if did you see the home run that he hit against the Nationals on Sunday Night Baseball? That pitch was in on the hands, and somehow, some way, he gets his bat around quick enough on the inside pitch. I mean. Uh, who who was pitching? Uh, my mind's blanking right now, but he just, he jammed them, and and somehow he's able to to get it out and, and hit it for a home run. It was it was like, hey, yeah, you weren't expecting that. Some good news for Mets fans for Yohan Cespedes potentially staying in New York for next season. He said, you know, I haven't really talked to anyone, but I I would I would love staying here. Now the only thing with Cespedes is that this is a guy that could be gaining a lot of money this upcoming off season. Must be. You gotta be, you gotta think for Cespedes. So in his mind, he had he obviously made the decision of signing with the Oakland A's, what four or five years ago, uh, and then he he's there for for three years or whatever it was. Then he gets traded to Boston. Boston then trades him to the Tigers, and the Tigers now trade him to New York. It must be feeling pretty good that he now in this off season controls his own destiny in terms of where he goes. You know, he makes his own decision who he wants to sign or if he re-signs with the Mets. You know, there's that report that Cespedes wants to stay in New York. Then I also heard that the Tigers, they trade him away with the feeling, the notion that they're going to uh, re-sign him back in the offseason. Ah, oh, man, it just... And, uh... I'm, I'm just... I'm out of words just because of the whole John Lester thing. Just thinking about that. The Red Sox expecting to get him back after trading... Him to uh, Oakland last season. Clearly, that didn't work out well. But uh, the Mets—they have a two-game lead in the National League East, a two-game lead over the Nationals, who are really sliding. And they lost last night to the Diamondbacks. Is a panic time in D.C.? I don't think so. They're still obviously in the hunt. I mean, two games is not insurmountable. It's August sixth. Teams go through bad slumps. We still have another month and a half left of this regular season. They have time to. Get out of this funk. Play better baseball. Play Nationals baseball. Let's not, rem- let's not for- forget that this is a team that a lot of people, including myself, had them in the World Series, if not win the World Series. I had the Nationals win the World Series uh, against the Boston Red Sox. Um, <sighs> Rangers. The, the New York Rangers. The Texas Rangers. They're above, above 500. 
They just swept the Houston Astros, and that rivalry is really coming alive. It's the second time this year that the Rangers have swept uh, their Texas rival. And they have seven games left against each other for the rest of the season. Uh, But Texas, talking about a team that really just two weeks ago, it seemed like they were going to be out of it. And uh, and even when you first heard of the rumors of Cole Hamels coming, it's like, why why would the Rangers go after him? You know, they're not in the playoff contention this year. Getting Cole Hamels is a, is a notion that you're in the playoff race, that you have a chance. Folks, they have a chance. They're two games out of the AL, of the AL wildcard, the second place of that. They just went 7-3 and three on a 10-game homestand. That included the Yankees, the Giants, and the Astros. And during that 10-game uh, homestand, Big part of it was was their offense, obviously. Uh, they got good starting pitching, but their bullpen. Their bullpen is last in Major League Baseball, but they buckled down in this 10-game home stand, and who knows, going forward, the Rangers. See, this is, what, this is what's great about the second wild card. I mean, you look at the record, right, 54 and 53. It's not an amazing record. Uh, some may argue that it's not playoff worthy, but the excitement that it creates for Major League Baseball. The Texas Rangers are relevant because of that second wild card. You know, if it wasn't, I think they'd be, what, five and a half or five or six games out. You know, that's like, hey, it's – no, you're not thinking about it as much. But teams like that, I mean, just – it's it's great. You know, it, the teams are just so much more relevant with the second wild card. On the other side, the Astros, they've lost 11 or 12 on the road. That's a sign of a young team. I mean, we talk about how great and exciting – and how great these young players are. But a sign like that when you lose 11 out of 12 on the road. And, and that hey, that's what you have to do to win in the postseason. You have to be able to go on the road and win games. If they're making it to the, post, to the, to the World Series, they start on the road in the World Series. American League won the All-Star game. Uh, so, again, you got to win on the road. Um, so that's something that Houston really needs to to take notice and uh, try to get better at. Shifting gears to the college basketball stage, just doing a lot of different things on this podcast today. One of the things I'm trying to work on as a radio host, a podcast host, if you will, is flow and just going from topic to topic. It's a lot easier when you have a partner with you. It's a lot easier when Sam's here because he can throw his ideas out there, his stories, and then I can come back and relate. Uh, so I'm just trying to throw out as much as possible. Um, the other day, yesterday, saw this video on Twitter, and it was John Calipari. And he was doing an interview with someone, not exactly sure. I saw this on Bleacher Report, maybe someone from Bleacher Report. And uh, he was saying that when after I came into the locker room, after they lost to Wisconsin, which, of course, ended their undefeated season and ended their season in total because it was in the national semifinal game, uh, he was expecting that the he was expecting his players to be demoralized, to be hurt, to to uh, feel bad that they lost and their season was over. But this guy comes in there, and and uh, and he says in this interview that no, they were actually relieved. They're relieved that they have an undefe- undefeated season. When I saw that, I lost it. I was actually in the press box of the Rockets, so I couldn't really show up. But I I was so mad and. Why would the players be relieved that they lost a game in the NCAA tournament? I can understand this is a regular season game. If this is a regular season against Florida where they almost lost, or uh, where they lost, almost lost to Ole Miss, or 
LSU on the road, you know, then okay. You know, then because that game doesn't really matter as much as the national semifinal game. But you're telling me that the players were relieved that they lost a game that ended their season? A game that was one win shy of a national championship? A win that would have put them on the brink of perfection and record-setting? Relieved is the word you want to use, Calipari? I'm sorry. And by the way, didn't one of your players, Aaron Harrison, say something tricky about Frank Kaminsky? Can't say on the air. I'm not not going to say it. But if you forget, uh, during a press conference at the Final Four, it was a question towards Kaminsky. Actually, no, I think it was to Aaron Harrison. But one but one reporter mentioned Frank Kaminsky's name. And Aaron Harrison, under his breath, but the microphone was literally right in his face. I mean, it was literally two centimeters away from him. And he said, bleep, bleep, bleep. I'm sorry. I'm not a fan of Calipari. When he says things like this, it just gets me fired up, gets me boiled up, relieved. They were relieved that they lost a national semifinal game. They were, yeah, they, they... they were happy. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not throwing that word out, but really, that's the word. I was expecting them to be demoralized, but they're relieved. So what do they do it? You know, dabbing each other up, just saying, "Oh, thank God that we don't have to worry about being undefeated anymore." You know, oh, you know, we we finally got that one loss out of the way, guys. Now we can go play. No, you couldn't go play anymore because you got bounced from the NCAA tournament. There was no other game after that. Not a game that counted anyways. If you want to be relieved after a loss in that situation, you do it in the regular season. Heck, even the SEC Conference Tournament. I mean, you'd rather win the National Championship than the SEC Tournament. Just boils me up when, when I hear just really stupid stuff. Like, Why? Why, why, why does he does he need to say that? Uh, last thing before I end this podcast, some more scheduling news for the UConn men's basketball uh, came out today. In the Battle for Atlantis tournament, uh, which is playing a ballroom in Bermuda or somewhere, I forget. Um, they're playing Michigan in their first game. Playing Michigan uh, from the Big Ten, obviously. So already, it's a big game. I'm I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to do this thing. Should they win or lose, depending on how the other game goes, uh, they have a potential of playing Syracuse. If they win and Syracuse wins, be playing each other on Thanksgiving, which, by the way, could get awkward. Not gonna lie, it could get awkward. Um, I will say this: that at my family get together. Uh, usually, or Sam and I, we have, I don't want to say control of the remote, but, you know, it's its understood that if we're there and we want to put on something for sports, then, you know, our relatives let, let us do it, whether it's a baseball game, for Sam, a golf tournament, uh, you know, NFL, usually, you know, we get our way. Uh, UConn would be on at that, on that time, <laughs> I mean, if, if they're playing, but, but really just... Either play before the party, which would be kind of hard because, you know, you start at, like, what, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, or play after. Heck, play a game at 10 o'clock for, for that night for all I care. 
because uh, you know the last thing you want is is me or Sam uh, chowing down some turkey and then you know UConn losing. So, um, but yeah, it's exciting. You know, it's August, which means it's one month closer to to UConn season, and it also means that I'm moving back into school this this uh, this month. Very exciting. Damon Gray, Spencer Davis, Jermaine Page, and whoever enters Laurel Room 629, it's going to be a good time this year. you got to be a part of it. All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you for listening. Again, if you're going to go on Amazon, if you're going to buy something, just so happen to be buying something, go through the Nico Empire, click on the Amazon.com banner. It gives the Nico Empire a little bit of money. Nico, he wants to build a studio. And, folks, if you're a big fan of the show, of, of Nico's show, and you want to have, uh, you know, like a, a nice table and table discussion, it'd be pretty cool if, you, if, you could make, if he could make a setup like that. Um, and make sure that you follow all of us on Twitter. You can follow the Sports Brothers at Sport Brothers, S-P-O-R-T-B-R-O-T-H-E-R-S. And then my Twitter handle, at B underscore Dostler, D-O-S-T-A-L-E-R 5. And then for Sam, at Sam Dosti underscore 5. And then for Nico, at Funny Nico Tweets. Again, our next show is going to be Sunday, August 9th. Sam will be here. We will go over New York and the greatest athlete of that city. The podcast will be posted on Monday. But until then, folks, have a great weekend.